hello. Hello. Welcome back. To Detroit Strange. This podcast Ooh. that you're listening to. We switched. We switched. We switched. I'm keeping you on your toes. You are. Keeping you my, agile. <laughs> keeping me on my hobbit-ass toes. My little hairy hobbit-ass toes. I mean, that's the toe of 2021. 20, <laughs> Something. Yeah. I don't know what I meant oh, by that. Twenty I mean, I knew exactly what you meant by that. <laughs> 2021 what an interesting start so far i keep just calling it 2020 part two i mean you're not wrong but you know what once all this is over it'll be the roaring 20s because everyone's gonna be so starved of going out that everyone's just gonna go out all the time roaring 20s but that's also when prohibition happened don't fucking come for my alcohol (laughs) government I can't right now. I don't think they would. I don't know. It wouldn't There's go too much very money well. to be made from it. It wouldn't go very well. And it's, yeah. just, it's a waste of money to try and control something like that. It's better just to put out like, I don't know, like it, it, education for why not to overconsume is probably a better use of the money. Yeah, but that means that's that's thinking that people can read. <laughs> Fair. Yeah, because uh, I don't know. Apparently, they can read enough on social media to show up and be dumbasses. This is also so. true. I'm glad that tech companies are actually seeming to do something about it this time. Yeah, yeah. Like Trump got his Twitter taken away, and I'm very happy about that. Mm-hmm. Same. Although <laughs> it's funny because everybody's coming back with like, "What about our First Amendment rights?" And it's like, it's that's the government. A private company right. doesn't. That's, right. It doesn't matter. They can do what they want. They're Not a company. once in the Constitution is the word Twitter mentioned. Nope. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Ugh, uh, but yes, what a shit Wouldn't it be storm. weird if it was? Like if there's the word Twitter appeared I, in the Constitution at some point. Because it have to be like, the birds out the window are quite a Twitter. It'd be the very news of our new country. Creepy for sure. Yeah. There, I've seen creepier, weird, historical things. Yeah. I don't know what I'm saying. I don't know what I'm saying. But enough about 2021. We don't need yes. to pay attention to her anymore. No. Irrelevant. Possibly canceled. We'll see how this goes. <laughs> we might cancel 2021 and just, you know, we'll just pretend. Yeah. We're yeah. in a no, no place of no time. It's fine, though. There's still 350 whatever days of it left. We've, we've got time to recover. Mm. Plenty. Yes. Although, if you ask Google... When 2021 starts, it'll tell you it's 300 and something days away. So that's really fun. Google's like, already just we're going to we're going to pass this. We're going to pass on changing mm-hmm. the year. It's going to stay 2020 until this is over. And then it'll be 2021. We're going to make a whole new calendar after this. It might have actually been Siri. I can't remember. But one of the two was very creepy when I asked the other day. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Go home, Siri or drunk. Uh-huh. Of course, I saw it in a TikTok, which is why I had to try it. Of course. Yeah. You know. You There's know our TikTok uh, reference for the. Mm-hmm. Yep, we're done. Although. <laughs> Today's TikTok. I did. I sat at a bonfire this weekend for Ooh. eight hours uh, with friend of the show, Wendy. Love that. Mm-hmm. And her love boyfriend, Dave. That, I finally. love both of them. Yes. And that's how much we love each other, just to sit out on a fire in the middle of winter. But it wasn't that bad, actually. It was a decent day for it until the sun went down i love sitting around a fire too mm-hmm. like it doesn't i mean it's definitely less fun when it's cold but then you have to just sit close to the fire and stay warm and cozy mm-hmm. bring a warm beverage mm-hmm. which actually well i'll trans my beverage actually is a leftover from there because she got us hot Ooh. cocoa bombs that day and made nice. a little something special in there and then she gave me some to bring home which was so sweet that is so sweet. Uh-huh. They were like from a bakery too, so they were just like perfect. Yeah, they had they have regular mini marshmallows and the dehydrated mini marshmallows in them. Ooh, controversial hot takes. Oh, I love it. I love both love- of them, so I want them together. Okay, because I usually don't love the dehydrated ones. Oh, I love them more. <laughs> really? Yeah. If I have a choice, I'm going for the dehydrated ones. Interesting. Because mm-hmm. I'm always like. 
this crunchy little wannabe marshmallow. What are you doing in here? But it gets soft. You ain't shit. It gets soft. And honestly, the, these ones don't crunch. I don't know. That's good. They might be professional dehydrated marshmallows from this bakery. I have no idea. But I did not crunch once then or today when I made a espresso hot chocolate Jim Beam situation happen to to record today. But anyway, nice. the reason I brought it up is because <laughs> because I don't interact with humans on a daily basis. TikTok's my normal interaction. As we know, we both talk about it way too much. Yeah, It's fun. I don't care. And <laughs> Dave was just like, you're not allowed to talk about TikTok anymore. <laughs> and I was like, I can't, I can't stop. Did you say, I how dare you try and silence stop. me? <laughs> yeah. I should have. No. Uh, but yeah, I was like, it is a problem. I recognize the problem. I'm not going to do anything about it. Yeah. <laughs> he was just teasing, though. He oh, totally. Yeah, I like I haven't been on TikTok as much recently. I just kind of all social media is I'm kind of just like, eh. In the last two days I've been on it, but I did spend like, I don't know, for like a week, week and a half. I was barely. I'd only go on it if somebody sent me something. Uh huh. And then other than that, I wasn't really on it. And then actually yesterday, I just kind of pulled it up again and spent a little bit of time. Nice. I was going to say, I think one of the reasons, like apart from just like not being interested in social media, but it's also drag race season again. So I have to be careful not to spoil it for myself. Oh, yeah. Because mm-hmm, you got your alerts. Yeah, I like. So the episodes come out on Friday nights and then I get access to them Saturday so basically, okay. until I watch, I don't check any social medias, no exceptions, just because I always hate when, like, I figure out who goes home before the beginning of the episode. Yeah, Because then no. it's less fun. I don't like the kind of spoiler. Fresh. Fresh papers. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to know. Especially because this, se- this season's wild. Already? Um, and I don't know if it's for COVID reasons, because they definitely, like... They made the judges panel like longer. So there's six feet and like plexiglass between all of them. Mm-hmm. But it's an interesting season. And I'm excited, too, because this Thursday Drag Race UK season two starts. So you're going to have two seasons going at once. That's a lot. Yeah. So I am thankful for Drag Race coming in hot and distracting me <laughs> with all the ways I need it to distract me right now. I'm glad for you. I'm happy to hear mm. that. I don't have any kind of program that plays it, but let's talk after the show. I could definitely get you Drag Race UK for free. So, okay, we'll talk. Yeah. Yeah. The the only thing I watched recently was Cobra Kai season three. Okay. Like I in about a day. I didn't peg you. Didn't peg you as a Cobra Kai fan. I didn't know I was until I was like, like I was running out of stuff a few months ago and I was like, well, let's just try it out. It's here. It's not like a big commitment. I always liked an, um, How I Met Your Mother. There was an episode with uh, Billy Zabka and Ralph Macchio that it made me laugh. So I was like, well, we'll just see. And I don't know. It's not It's not that it's good, but it's so willing to make fun of itself. It's glorious. And I, okay. I respect something like that a lot. And yeah. also, there was a lot of character growth from the adult characters, which is enjoyable. And then it's like, a kid action or like a teenage teenager action thing like all those you know that's been kind of a thing over the last few years and man the end of season i cannot wait for season four because the last like three episodes of season three i definitely knew it was going to happen on the last episode like i was like this is going to happen this is going to happen and then it finally happens at the very end and i was like where is season four i'm so mad (laughs) i haven't seen any of it but i did watch the like queens react mm-hmm. like where trixie and katia watched it and they literally yeah. just watched like the fight scenes the fight scenes are crazy and everyone in that town seems a little crazy oh no it's all very farcical because like i mean they're all always karate fighting which is very strange and weird um yeah but again it's make it's kind of making fun of like itself in that way too uh-huh so i, I don't think it's trying to be anything that it's not and I appreciate it. And it is ridiculous, but highly entertaining for me. Love that. For me. I have also tried yeah. to watch Bridgerton this week. I haven't started it yet. I, I like 
like it, but it's basically Jane Austen Gossip Girl. That's kind of the vibe I got from. A, that was another one I watched the like Queen's Reacts. I watched Trixie and Katya watching it, which is a, basically mm-hmm. how I get all my Netflix hot takes. I feel like if it's going to be for me or not. Mm-hmm. And I watched the one for Bridgerton and like I'm mildly interested. That's how I feel about it. It's not that it's bad. It's visually very appealing. Like it's it's yeah. cool to look at. And then I like that they have like the popular music and like that time period era. Like I think that's kind of interesting. I like um, the casting of it. I really, really appreciate the casting of it. Yeah. But I'm entertained, but I'm not super excited and then at the end because it is a voiceover you know like you hear a voice yes right and at the end every episode or every time she does it i'm just like xoxo like not even like making it's just yeah it's my just initial very response. much that vibe yeah yeah and it's it's fine i like it i get why people like it i'll probably finish it but i'm not i think i'm gonna like do it in chunks yeah yeah I watched one of your recommendations, Waco. I binged it in two two settings. I watched mm-hmm. the first three episodes and the last three episodes in two different settings. It's easy to do because that's a crazy story. Bonkers. 100% bonkers. Just like, especially because my only point of reference for Waco, Texas before this was the apples to apples card. That's literally all I knew about Waco. And you were just like, that's random. Yeah. No, I never knew what it was. And every time it got pulled in apples to apples, which I haven't played apples to apples probably in like seven years. No, but I did like, see there's a platform not for apples to apples, but cards against humanity, but like in an online form. I saw that, too. Yeah, yeah that'd be I fun. I really want to do that. Yeah. Uh, but Waco, Texas. And then I was kind of like, really? They put this in that game? Like, for it's kind of like either you you don't know it or you do. And it's like, but I also I don't know. No, I am surprised it's that and not Cards Against... Like, I could see that in Cards Against Humanity. Although yeah, some of the apples to up. apples... They did have Helen Keller. A few... Of, I was going to say a few times there were a couple cards. It's been so long since I played that game. A couple cards. Yeah, yeah, there are a few that, like... But also, if you didn't know, it wouldn't right. matter. So... Yeah, like, I literally remember Waco, Texas being, like, one of the cards that you could mulligan. Like, oh, I don't know what this is. I'm going to draw a new one. Mm-hmm. It was basically, uh, it was like the one for the adults. Yeah. Like how oh, they definitely. hide stuff in movies sometimes that like the kids aren't going to get, but the adults are going to be like, oh. But like, what an Easter egg to hide in that deck. I mean, it's a pretty heavy one. Yeah. No, especially because like, I don't I think this series was actually really well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it didn't make it very apparent like, oh, you should definitely be on this person's side. It's kind of like. We're not painting either side and anything but the light that they put themselves in. That's at least what I felt. I don't know how accurate it was. I haven't looked, went back and read about it. But from what I can tell from the series is it was pretty fair. It's decently accurate. I mean, there's definitely some stuff they took a few liberties with. But I did do some research afterwards because I lightly knew about the situation. And then I watched that show and then I was like, I want to know more. And then I think I also watched, I forget what it was called, but a documentary right after too. Uh-huh. And from what I could tell, it was pretty decently spot on. spot on. Like all the characters that you actually like see slash get to know, like they are actual, you know, people who are part of everything. And a lot of the yeah. ways that everything happened, it did actually like even the whole thing of um, what's his face meeting him at the bar. I think yeah. in the band or whatever, like. It's been a second since I watched it, but I think that actually even really happened or something very similar. What I think is interesting about this series is it was based off of two books. It was based off of one of the books from one of the survivors Mm -hmm. and it was based off of... Which was that guy? Oh, David. Was it David Thibodeau? I think so. I'm pretty sure. I think that's who it is. And then I think the other book was by Gary. What's his face? like the negotiator so you got to kind of like see it from i think it did a good job of like since it did pick from sources from both sides i think that's Mm -hmm. one of the reasons why it was so successful Mm -hmm. it the i think i remember wanting to see it when it first came out but it was um i forget what platform it was on originally but it wasn't like one i had and it made it very difficult to watch it 
And then I think how long ago did it come out? Like three years ago. Okay. Ish, something yeah, like I that. I couldn't really tell. I just know where I was living. <laughs> like I can see myself watching the uh trailer for it and being like, oh, I want to see that. Oh, I don't have that. <laughs> okay, yeah, it was on the Paramount Network. I want network. That's what I it wonder was. if they yes. have. And it was like a new network too, right when it came out. Like it was one of the first things I think that Paramount and that yeah, was I it, wonder. Like... It was on Netflix, and unfortunately oh, okay. it's leaving Netflix on Friday, I believe, whatever the 15th is. Okay. That's one of the reasons why I watched it is because I was watching um not watching, I was reading this article about like like eight things leaving Netflix this month you have to watch. Okay. And that was one of them, and I was like, I probably should know more about this. I do. <laughs> well, I, I do mean, now. if you didn't, it's not a big problem or anything. It just I it wanted was. to get the card. I just, you know, I wanted to understand. Next time I play Apples to, to Apples. I know that Apples to Apples card. I need to up my Apples to Apples game. Exactly. I, need- I just, I needed to know. It's important information. Well, now you do. Yeah. And now you'll never get that card now again. I really do. Yeah. <laughs> Although I mean, if I, I don't- am ever playing with you and I get that card, now I know what I'm playing. Yeah. <laughs> no matter what. It doesn't even matter what the phrase, the, the other thing is. Right. <laughs> Cheerful. Mm-hmm. Nope. <laughs> I'm I'm playing Waco. Yeah. Um, you better choose so it. So you were sipping out on something out of a mug. Mm-hmm. The Jim Jim Beam Jim Beam hot yeah. cocoa bomb. Yeah, with espresso too. Ooh. Yeah. Kind of just a little bit of everything: hot chocolate, coffee, liquor. Yeah, and you've got Doing something fancy right. over there. Uh, I do. It's an Ina Garden recipe modified Naturally. because I ran out of gin. I know I'm very much an Ina Garden stand now, mm-hmm. but it's a pomegranate gimlet. Uh, but I ran out of gin, so I just used vodka. Then it is a pomegranate. Is a pomegranate lime ricky. Okay. I think. Uh, well, I'm drinking a pomegranate ricky then, and it is delicious. <laughs> Yum. I did I did a stemless martini glass because I didn't trust myself with the stem right now. There's not enough surface space in anywhere in my house currently to set a martini glass where it would be safe. I do not care for stemmed glassware in general. It just seems at this point stupid. I mean, like if I'm somewhere and they hand it to me, fine. That's well, I don't go anywhere. Nobody goes anywhere now. But uh eventually yeah. when we go somewhere, that's fine. But other than I would not choose it in my own household ever, I think, at this point, because it just breaks easier. <laughs> and I'm accident. It prone. sure does. Ask like, anybody who's ever been into nature with me. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think that's something we have in common, but like uh sometimes at home I'll make it in the correct glass room and I'm gonna feel like that bitch, like, ooh, look at me. I got a martini mm-hmm. glass, look how fancy I am drinking in my construction zone basement. Alone. No, I was. But with you people still that time. do have that. That's what I'm saying. You just have it without yeah. a stupid stem. Still has yeah. the shape, which I don't really like. Martini glasses in general. I don't. They are kind of a weird shape of, of them glass. If I can avoid them, yeah. Because again, accidents. Those ones are a little better though, because they're not as like, like a traditional one's like super wide. Yeah. So any kind of amount of like movement and it just like slashes all over the place. At least those ones are usually like the stemless are taller. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Unless so there's yeah. less like surface for them to like shoot out of. But oh. <laughs> right. Or like uh coupe glasses. It's like, hey, mm-hmm. did you want to drink out of a tiny frisbee on a stick? <laughs> I actually don't mind those. <laughs> this goes they're against cute. everything I just said. I know, but it's they're cute. But I'm only gonna sit somewhere. I'm just gonna sit and sip on whatever that is. That's not a carry around drink. You are sitting at the bar it's a stationary talking drink. to one to two people in a low lit setting, hopefully eating truffle popcorn or something. I don't know. And just having a nice, you know, so for some yeah. reason, I don't mind that. It's usually like a drink you're actually really enjoying as like a creation. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot for me to say. I don't know. And it's old timey. I don't know why I don't mind the coup glass, but I don't. <laughs> but I also don't own them so yeah i i don't either i have a lot of i have so much glassware i said i can't buy anything new until i break some of the stuff i have so i think that's Um, one of the reasons too i'm also like use it if you break it just means there's less less things in your closet or your cupboard 
I don't have much because I break most of mine. <laughs> I used to have a bunch of like stemware and like in my um, early to mid 20s, I'd say. And then it just because I used to work at World Market and I used to get a discount and I bought a bunch of really nice glassware because they had a very oh. nice section. And I broke every single one of those. Damn. Every single one. See, most of mine is like Ikea dollar store. I had the ones where they had the, the bowl for the ice and then they were like a floating little oh. triangle inside of it. Mm-hmm. So you would take just the triangle out and put it back in its little bowl of ice. That is so interesting. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Not, again, super practical, though. I mean, like they were pretty and they were actually I liked it better than one with a stem, but they take up a lot of space, too, for storage. I believe it. And then you're washing two things when you're washing. Yeah. Yeah. Practicality definitely has to come into play sometimes because I have a lot of things that are nice but not practical or like. Mm-hmm. If it brings you joy. Yeah. It's a Marie Kondo thing. <laughs> if it doesn't bring you joy. <laughs> exactly. Kick its ass to the curb. Fair. Yeah. Well, would you I like to hear a story? story. How awkward would it be if I was just like, well. I think that wraps us for today. <laughs> just, just <laughs> like, wrap, we just talked. Short and sweet, I Didn't guess. Didn't even mention okay. Detroit. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> that no, would be very presumptuous to imagine that somebody would want to listen to an episode of just us like shooting the shit for like 20 minutes and then being like, okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> Bonus episode. Uh-huh. That's like handing someone like a Subway sandwich that's just the bread. <laughs> Nobody wants that bread on its own. Yeah, that has no. to be hidden underneath. Like that has to be stuffed with other things. So you don't fully taste the bread. Bread's a strong word. Let's not compare our podcast to Subway sandwiches. Let's at least go for like a Jersey Mike's situation yeah. here. We're we're not a Subway sandwich, I hope. <laughs> no, no, not at all. I hope I hope we've done better than that. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna give us Jersey Mike's status which i, I just had, had for the first time this year i just you know what, what's happened in in this year so like especially like in the summer and stuff i stopped by you know patty's uh producer yeah. patty's patio <laughs> that sounds that's a lot of words uh patio. A few times. and every time i would stop by there without fail <laughs> they had either just gotten or perry her husband was out getting Jersey Mike subs. <laughs> and now it's they a running be- joke that if I see them, I expect a specific, Jersey I don't Mike. even know the name of the sub that they get. It's always the same one. Cause they just get one really big one, but that that's the sub. <laughs> we love a sandwich you can share, mm-hmm. but it's good. I was actually, cause um, I guess maybe I'm kind of, I like sandwiches and subs, but they have to be really good for me to want to eat them. If that makes sense. Yeah. Nobody is like... I'm not pulling up to Subway. Right. Subway's like, you're at the airport, everything else is closed, and you guess you can do Subway. Now, Subway is like, you're driving on a road trip, you're about to run out of gas, and you haven't eaten, and there's one tiny, creepy gas station in the middle of the fucking desert, and that's all there is, is Subway. They don't even have snacks. Oh, don't even get me started on a gas station Subway. Ugh. That's like that's like the first layer of hell. Like on your way down to hell, you just stop mm-hmm. at a tiny gas station subway, and just mm-hmm. like they're like, ev- like most things you want are gone. All they have is tuna, and it's just a little <laughs> too warm. By the way, hashtag just, not sponsored. <laughs> yeah, definitely not <laughs> sponsored. Like, what is the like, if any other sandwich company would like to pay us to talk shit about Subway, we will take that money. Mm-hmm. Gladly. Gladly. Or even yeah. just pay us in subs. Yeah. Just I mean, not I would Subway take subs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> that would be cruel. That would be very odd. A different right. Company. We'll buy you all the Subway subs you want. Will you trash them more? <laughs> they just buy us the ones we're like, well, this is shit. Okay, talk mm-hmm. about it. <laughs> I did have... I did have a face though, and this is disgusting, and I will truly 100% admit this this is disgusting, where I did really, because I had a friend in high school who worked at Subway, so I actually probably ate Subway like a lot because he was like a really close friend of mine. Yeah. And in fact, I was there when he got the job 
I we rode our bikes together to his interview. Why? I don't know. We were dumb teenagers. It makes no sense in retrospect. You're being supportive. I sat a booth over and listened to the whole interview. Like, I love that. It was real weird. You were there for moral support. Yes. So I did like Subway at a certain point in time. And I actually, (laughs) one of my favorites was the seafood salad one. And I'm like, oh, no, it's not even real seafood seafood salad. It's like fake crab. It's like that Pollock crab. I don't think I've ever seen it. Oh, yeah. It's it might not be called seafood salad, but it's seafood something or other. Seafood surprise. Probably. You never want surprise to be in the name of a food. No. Or crab with a K. (laughs) Yeah. No, because then it just makes me think of Krabby, and that's a Pokemon. I don't want to eat a Pokemon. I will say, though, actually, the fake crab, I don't want it in a food, but once in a while, I have a friend who told me that, because it's really cheap at the grocery store, that she would just buy it and have it as a little protein snack, Uh like in the sticks, but like you know what you're getting. Yeah. Not not as bad that way, because it's it's like you're expecting that item, and also, it's just fish, so it's like not... Yeah. This is definitely not crab. And it's funny that we have fake crab. That does make me laugh. It, yeah. Huh. But yeah. Anyway, I'm so sorry. We went on we went on a detour. We hit up a bunch did. of sub shops along the way. We found we a gas station did. subway. And now we're getting we, back on the freeway. We are. We're getting <laughs> on the freeway, but we're getting off on Tireman in Detroit. Specifically, it's about the building located at 5021 Tireman on the city's west side. I know that street, but I, I can't imagine what's on it. Like, I know I've seen the street sign. Okay, so today we're talking about the Bluebird Inn. You heard of it? No. Is it a, like a jazz club or something? It is. Literally, Ooh. my next bullet was jab cl- Jazz Club in Detroit. Oh, it sounds like it would be appropriate name they named it well yeah so i have a quote from the detroit sound conservancy website which is one of my sources just about the bluebird inn and that quote Mm -hmm. is the bird was an institute for musicians who would influence global modern music and a hearth of freedom for the black community within a deeply racist and heavily segregated post-depression and post-world war ii detroit okay kind of just like were, were they open before those time periods Yes, so getting started, in 1937, William and Pinky Dubois, 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 Uh, I always, the French, okay. I I think it's probably, just depends on how they specifically, because I've heard Dubois and Dubois. I'm going to say Dubois. Okay. Okay. In 1937, William and Pinky Dubois, an African-American couple from Alabama, Work to turn 5019 and 5021 Tireman into a neighborhood bar and music venue. Uh, unfortunately, it seems that William Dubois passed away that same year. Oh. Yeah, but luckily another couple of Alabama natives, Clarence and Mary Eddins, took ownership and did some renovation work to modernize the space. So that's really all I could find about their origins. Mm-hmm. Then came bebop music, which I don't know... If you know what bebop music is. I've heard I've heard the term, but I don't actually know what it is it like pre kind of pre jazz or something or pre No, it's actually um you're lucky I have a side journey. Cause oh. I also was like bebop, I've heard the term. What's that? Or post jazz. I'm just gonna guess in both directions. Well, you're kind of right with uh, post jazz. It's a style of jazz that came to be in the early 40s, the early-ish 40s in the U.S. And just okay. kind of some staples of the style are a fast tempo, complex chord progressions with rapid chord changes, key changes, instrumental virtuosity, and improvisation. Okay. Kind of, it's seen as like the younger generation, the younger jazz generation wanted to move away from the dancey swing kind of stuff mm-hmm. and towards something that was more, quote, musician's music. Something you kind of had to like really sit down and listen closely to fully get. Okay. Kind of just like, I'm going to call it jazz plus. 
And the Bluebird Inn, honey, she was the T for bebop music. That's kind of what really started going on there. Nice. Like, so obviously it's the 40s. This isn't the only jazz club in town. But what made the Bluebird Inn different was that it was less formal than some of the bigger clubs. It was more intimate and organic. It was a place where jam sessions could lead into some great music. Uh, And it also had a bit more of a working class clientele compared to the clubs in the city. In 1948, a house band was assembled by Phil Hill. uh, So bebop band. And it was a trio comprised comprised of Phil on the piano, a man named Art Mardigan on the drums, and a man named Abe Woodley on the vibraphone. Did you know what a a vibraphone is? I did not. I feel like we played that in elementary school. Possibly. It's kind of like a xylophone. Yeah, I was going to say it's similar, but I don't remember why it's different. I think a xylophone is literally just like the top part of a vibraphone. It's like the bars you hit. Oh, okay, okay. That's where a vibraphone has like pipes underneath the bars that you hit and like kind of. Because we had a really, really big like, I want to say it was like wooden or something. I think vibraphone. And then, yeah, we did have the little tiny xylophones which were, I think, like the metal. Yeah. Like little. Okay. Yeah. So uh, they had a piano, a vibraphone, and a drummer. Ooh. Um, Are there, is there lyrics or anything in it, or is it just purely instrumental? I think it's mostly just instrumental, but I, okay. I'm not 100% positive on that. I would definitely say the instruments are probably the focus. Yeah. Like, I think it's kind of one of those things where, like, lyrics are probably optional. Okay. Saxophonist Pepper Adams once described the club as, quote, a great place, great atmosphere, nothing phony about it in any way. There were some notable greats that played there, um, including Miles Davis, who was actually a regular because he lived in the city for six months during uh, 1953 and 54. So kind of six months in that time period. Uh, John Coltrane. Yeah. John Coltrane, Sarah Vaughn, Charlie Parker and Art Blakey. So those were some of the jazz mm-hmm. notables that passed through. But did was, you ever go oh, through like saying? a jazz phase or anything like that? Not really. I listened. Um, I played trumpet in high school, so I kind of had like a short like. I think I I oh. must have known this, but we I didn't know. Like we both played trumpet in high school. Well, I played it in middle school. Yeah, we've talked about the trumpet for sure. Yeah. But yeah, anyway. I went to a. um not like heavily into it but just some of the, like the more well-known from like that era of jazz not like the not much beyond that but yeah like yeah uh never super got into jazz like it's not that i don't like it or don't appreciate it it's just something i don't seek out too often mm-hmm. i like the more upbeat styles Same. more like the ones that were coming directly out of swing and stuff a little bit resonate yeah. a little more with me oh yeah Generally, it was a uh, trumpet. Let's not let's not lie. It was usually a trumpet thing for me. But you know. As it should be, trumpets are the tits. But no, honestly, like the closest I feel like I've ever gotten to getting into jazz was probably like right after I watched La La Land, which I hate to admit that it was La La Land that was like maybe I should look into <laughs> jazz. Luckily, I still said no because I can't be that person who said I got into jazz because of La La Land. <laughs> Oh, I but think I it's definitely okay, thought though. about it. I think it's okay if you did. No, because I even then I just was like, "That's cool." And oh, well, down. that's fine if you didn't. But I'm saying, yeah, no, yeah. I just for me personally, okay, fair. But so, like, like I was saying, those are the greats that played. But it was also an important hub for local musicians, uh, like Tommy Flanagan, Thad and Elvin Jones, Donald Byrd, and Curtis Fuller. Okay. So, just kind of a cool club where people can come jam out, yeah. get their jazz on. But it was also, you know, not just a, important as a jazz club, but it was also a gathering place for what was known as, quote, the Old West Side. So I have a quote from a Free Press article from Michelle McKinney describing what the Bluebird Inn was to the neighborhood it served. Ladies would have their hats and gloves, the families bringing their children and having their Sunday dinners. Other places in the city, the ballrooms had certain days blacks were allowed in, but this was different. This was a neighborhood hub where blacks could come at any time and not be afraid or disrespected. Hmm. I mean, yeah. it's shitty it was like that uh, other places, but. 
Oh, definitely. Glad there's but it's just space. like yeah, like it's it's just important to have a place where the community can come gather. Yeah, like in any community, like you need like to have All a space where you could. Yeah. Yeah. Just to have like just to have a space where you can go and feel safe and whatever. Yeah. Great to have. Carlton Goals in an article with the Metro Times said that quote it meant a lot, especially to people on the West Side. Uh, and he went on to talk about some of the significant cultural impact the Bluebird Inn had. Quote, Just two blocks north, we had the Orsel and Minnie McGee house and the fight against racist housing covenants, where they were struck down in 1948. At the same time, Charlie Bird Parker was playing the Bluebird only a couple blocks away. Black people were fighting for the right to live in a neighborhood. Oh. Wow. So, yeah. Uh, just like... It- culturally important as well as musically important because you know detroit's such a music city anything musical that happened here is kind of a big deal just because we've had so many genres come out of the city we've had so much musical history but it's important Mm -hmm. to recognize the cultural impact too oh yeah no definitely so the music stopped like around the 50s there wasn't really much written about the bluebird inn uh, one article said that the 90s, the mus- live music was brought back to the Bluebird Inn. Uh, this even included a new house band led by Rodney Whitaker. But the good times didn't last long because in the early 2000s, the club went under and has basically been sitting there until, like I mentioned earlier, the Detroit Sound Conservancy. Mm-hmm. So in 2019, a group called the Detroit Sound Conservancy purchased the building for $8,500 using some grant money from the Kresge Foundation. Uh, and it's just a quick side journey about the DSC. Uh, it was founded in 2012 with four goals. Preservation, education, performance, and placekeeping. Their decision to start the conservancy was started by the loss of creative voices, musical, musical recordings, and cultural places in the city. So they kind of just looked around them and saw history kind of being forgotten. Yeah. Mostly in a musical sense, but... Mm-hmm. They just kind of were like, this isn't right, how it's disappearing like this. We need to kind of put more effort into archiving yeah. this this stuff. Like I said, they bought the Bluebird Inn, and they did something interesting with the stage. They actually refurbished it and removed it from the, from the theater, or the inn, and they made the world's first mobile historic stage. So, interesting. Well, now it can go anywhere. Yeah, now it can go anywhere. It's been, I know it, at one point it was in an arbor. It was on display at Wayne State for a while. Mm-hmm. I think once the renovations are done, it will go back. But for now, it's kind of just the traveling historic stage, which I think is kind of cool. The world is its oyster. Exactly. Uh, so I do have a quote about the stage from the DSC's website. It is an exceptional example of African-American mid-century vernacular art and design, as well as a launchpad for sonic and social rebellion during the civil rights movement in Detroit. Awesome. Yeah. So I just kind of think it's cool that they're not only preserved the stage, but they're also like taking around and kind of showing its story a little bit. Yeah. In the meantime, they are trying to uh, renovate the Bluebird Inn after... The Conservancy was able to purchase it. They found out that it was on the city's demolished list. Wow. Yeah. So while the building itself was structurally sound, the roof is not doing so hot, but that didn't stop the Conservancy from working to get the area declared a historic district, mm-hmm. uh, which they were actually successful of doing on October 6th of 2020. Oh, wow. Yeah. On that day, they got the Bluebird Inn declared a historic district. And so just some plans they have for the building. DSC is gathering archival material in an attempt to get a spot on the National uh, Register this year. So they're trying to kind of gather the resources they need to apply to the National Register of Historic Places to kind of prove that this place is significant. We want it on the register. Yeah. They also hope to use the building as a physical space for the organization Use it as a place for their archive material, a place where students can learn and interact with the nonprofit, and of course for music. Awesome. They're also starting to engage with the community to get their input, which I think is amazing and fitting because this place has seemed to always be about community and the community it serves. So I'm glad that they're trying to engage with the community about mm-hmm. the center. Kind of on the immediate horizon, though, like I mentioned, is that roof 
The building itself, the structures of the roof, is at risk of collapsing. The DSC is currently fundraising to get the 50000 they need to put on a new roof. And just as a note, if you're interested in donating to their cause, you can head to their website at DetroitSound.org slash give. Awesome. And just to finish it up, I have another quote from Michelle McKinney taken from the Free Press article. Okay. And I'm sorry, I, I should have wrote down her title because she is with the DSC, but I can't remember her exact title. But that was a nice quote to end on. Quote, this area and the bluebird itself are very much the birthplace of Detroit culture. I like that. That's uh, simple and sweet. Point yeah. out. Just my sources before mm-hmm. I am completely done. DetroitSound.org, the Detroit Free Press, click on Detroit.com, the Metro Times, and Wikipedia. Lovely. Yeah. Well done. Thank you. Yeah, I've never heard of that. That's so interesting. I hadn't either. And literally, like, sometimes whenever I go to look at a topic, just something from the news jumps out at me. And I, oh, there's just been a few articles recently about how they managed to save the building from demolition and just kind of their mission now of just trying to put a new roof on it and make this a resource for the community and a way for people to kind of see all the materials they've been trying to archive to preserve this area, the cultural impact and just the sound that came out of there. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm glad that uh, it's, it's, it's progressing forward in a, a positive. Yeah. Like a, a beneficial way. Yeah. To the community and the city. Yeah. Oh no, definitely. And just. Yeah. You have disappeared. <laughs> yeah. Um <laughs> there we go (laughs) i just watched alex turn into a blob of nothing slowly (laughs) it's hard because uh the room i'm recording in right now the light is like on the ceiling behind me and it's actually not too bad right now but i feel like whenever i turn the light behind me on i just become like deep throat where you can barely just make out my silhouette yeah Yeah. but luckily it's not doing that so anyway you can see me yeah no you're good thank you no problem. Yeah. I think that some storytelling like that has certainly gotten you to a point to be awarded with a game of two truths and a lie. Yay. Yeah. Um, this one's going to be a little different because it's going to be a, I'm going to give you one statement and then three people and you have to tell me which one it's not about, basically. Okay. I'm into this. Yes. So the statement is they... Love cats. <laughs> what is it? This is basically three historical figures who love cats or loved cats. Okay. They're all dead. That was okay. dark. Uh, <laughs> so the three people are one, Mark Twain, two, Abraham Lincoln, three, uh, Dwight Eisenhower. Ooh. I'm going to go with my gut on this one and say Lincoln. Lincoln loved cats. Apparently, First Lady Mary Todd said cats were her husband's only hobby. Uh, He took in strays at several cats in the White House. And even though he left his dog Fido behind in Illinois when he left to go to the White House. Damn. Yeah. He also, (laughs) during the Civil War, he would meet with like uh, Ulysses. And apparently he saw like two stray cats and like went to the meeting with Ulysses with these stray cats and like made them promise. I didn't write this part down, but made them promise like. To find them homes. Yes. Oh, I love that. Yeah. No, super into cats. So now you got um, Mark Twain and Dwight Eisenhower. I'm going to go with Mark Twain next. Mark Twain also loved cats. Uh, He had up to 19 at one time, all of whom he loved and respected far beyond what he felt about people. I mean, relatable content. (laughs) He said, quote, if man can be crossed with the cat, it would improve man, but it would deteriorate the cat. Oh my god, that's and, such a dramatic quote. I love it. And when he left home, he would actually rent cats. Just like... To have them around. Like, just, I need a cat. Mm-hmm. Stat. Uh-huh. Love yeah. that. Yeah, so his, uh, so Eisenhower did not like cats. And he when he left office and retired to his farm in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, he actually gave his staff orders to shoot any cat that they saw on the property. Damn! Ew, I know! Eisenhower! Why are you yeah. so cold? Petition to take him off the dime. <laughs> Replace him with a cat. <laughs> and I have a few other people who love cats and then some cat haters listed too. So some other cat lovers was John Lennon. 
Okay. He owned close to 20 cats during his lifetime, some with some cool names like Salt and Pepper and Major and Minor. Okay. Uh, Freddie Mercury. He never stayed oh. in a place for long, but one thing was constant. His cats. love of cats. Yeah. At one time, he had 10 cats living with him in London. Very openly talk about his love of cats. I love that. Oh. And then some haters. And this is a very interesting list. I'm very excited to hear it. First off, Adolf Hitler despised cats. Nothing shocks me least. What did that guy like? I know. Mussolini <laughs> hated cats. Again, not shocked. D-bag. Napoleon Bonaparte. <laughs> I don't know much about Napoleon other than he's a D-bag. And now that he doesn't like cats. And he was short. He was very all the All that is true. Um, yes. Genghis Khan. Uh, that one kind of surprises me just because, I don't know, just the, the way he reproduced makes me think that maybe he would have liked animals a bit more. But also, I don't know. Um. Yeah. Caesar. That guy. Caesar didn't. Which Caesar? Mm -hmm. Julius. Little. What? Julius. Julius. Mm. Mm -hmm. July is canceled. <laughs> uh, Alexander the Great. No. <laughs> and then the last one, Shakespeare. Mm. <laughs> That's all I have for that one. Just, there mm. is a theme a lot. Uh, not with every single one of those people, but there is a few themes going on there where I'm like, oh, that's interesting that you you hated cats. Yeah. So I have a bunch of cat facts, too. I might cut this a little bit, but I feel like there's a lot of them and I might just save them for another time. So don't go researching cats. OK, too much. At least. I mean, other than I already have for I know. Rent, or adopting it. I almost said renting a cat. I'm adopting, trying to adopt a cat. I know. And I'm so happy. That's actually why I, I chose this one. Oh. Uh, and like I said, I was gathering cat facts. Maybe I'll share a few of them, actually. But the cat, there's a lot of um, information about cats that people don't know if it's true. Like, they're just like, scientists think that this is probably a thing because they're so mysterious that I was like, it's kind of hard to actually make the two truths and lie with. So yeah. I'll just tell you a couple of them. So people don't know why they purr, but some people think some scientists actually think that it might actually promote bone density and healing because it's between Love about that. 25 and 150 hertz. And that's yeah affects that. Um, this one I didn't know. Catnip sensitivity is actually hereditary. Interesting. Uh-huh. Only some cats have receptors in their mouth that detects nepetalactone. Which is a chemical compound in catnip. Uh -huh. And if a kitten has a catnip, cat, one catnip sensitive parent, there's only a one in two chance they will also grow to crave it. If both parents are catnip sensitive, it increases to three out of four. That's, I never, I really don't know much about catnip, but I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. So that's interesting. Every cat I've had has enjoyed it, we'll say, but yeah. I didn't know that it was. I definitely seen cats that like it more than other cats. And I've heard people yeah. say that they, they have a cat that doesn't care at all, but I don't know. Yeah. The first cat to go into space was in 1963 when French scientists sent Felicity. And oh. she eventually made it back to the ground after a parachute descent. She was sent on a rocket. Oh, my God. That is terrifying for the cat. But no. I'm glad she made it back. A lot of the space animals don't do great. Yeah. Right. And that's why I'm like, I'm at least she made it back. Yeah. Probably scarred. Yeah. But she made it back. Space kitty. Um, one thing people really don't know about amongst purring, one of them. Also, why do they make biscuits? That little thing where they like knead or massage. I love when cats do that. I do too. But basically, they might actually be marking you with scent glands located in their paws. Because like as oh. kittens, they do it to like knead their mother when they want milk. Like they help milk yeah. production. But nobody knows why they like keep that behavior with them. So it might actually be a... um. You're mine. Because it's cute. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, they also, they sweat through their paws. Interesting. Mm -hmm. I guess dogs do too, which I I didn't know that. Yeah. Onions, this, I'm telling you this because you are in the process of adoption. Onions, garlic, green tomatoes, raw potatoes, chocolate, grapes, and raisins are all bad for cats. Milk is not toxic, but it can upset their stomach. They are lactose intolerant. Uh, Tylenol and aspirin are also extremely toxic, toxic, as are a lot of house plants. So just make sure they're up. Other than cat Ooh, grass. Okay. Good to know, because mm -hmm. I've got 
got Helvetica in here. Yeah, no, my parents, you know, stayed with me quite a few times. She ate half of a plant once. Though honestly, this cat stays on the ground. Like she wasn't like a she's old and she didn't jump up on things. She ate a plant that wasn't that low. And they looked up and it is toxic to her. And basically she was on an acid trip for like a day. <laughs> like we called the vet and everything because I was freaking out. And it was just kind of a like, just keep a Wait close and eye and watch. Yeah. yeah. But her pupils got super big and she was staring at weird spots in the wall, which she wasn't a behavior I'd seen before. And I was just like, why do you eat toxic things? Stop. She just wanted the, that trip. Yeah. And then just a couple other things. They have about 32 ear muscles. That's why their ears are. Damn. They can. They might be able to detect an earthquake tremor about 10 to 15 minutes before humans. Okay. And a cat's brain structure is 90% similar to the human brain. Love that. Yeah. It's actually more so than like a dog's. Oh, and one more thing, actually. Nope. Two more things. A cat's nose pad has unique patterns of ridges, just like a human fingerprint. So each one is unique. Oh, and they have no collarbone, which is why they can squeeze into all those crazy places. They basically have a free floating clavicle. Damn, that makes sense, too. Mm -hmm. That's your round of cat facts. <laughs> Love that. Love to learn a little bit more about cats. Mm -hmm. As we discussed, I am in the process of trying to adopt one. Mm -hmm. uh, the first cat I looked at did get adopted to someone else. But I'm sorry, the shelter sent me a video of a cat they're getting on Wednesday that looks real cute and I'm very excited to meet it. It's a little gray kitty. I love, I love a gray it. kitty. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm very excited. I'm very happy for you. I called it and I'm Just, so happy. TJ's got the coolest cat. Mm -hmm. His name's Jesse. Mm -hmm. And I love that cat. Aw, I'm such so a happy. cute cat. Yeah, I think I'm gonna have to break down this year. I'm not allowed to have pets in my apartment right now, but YOLO. We'll see. Well, I was going to say, we can actually wrap now, now that we've heard a story. Yeah. So if you want to reach us on our social medias, you can find us on uh, Detroit Strange on Facebook, at Detroit Strange on Instagram and Twitter, and our email address is DetroitStrange at gmail.com. Mm -hmm. And we've got a Patreon, Detroit Strange. We've got a Threadless shop if you want to have some stuff with our logo on it. Uh, threadless also detroit strange also make sure to rate subscribe review and tell your friends that would really help yeah. us a lot supporting the show there's lots of ways to do it and we appreciate every single one of them yeah and you and thank you for listening so much yes thank you for listening yeah it's really nice it's it's nice to start the year with you all yes no matter how this year is going it's nice to start it with you all. Exactly. So I think until next until time. Until next time. Stay. Stay strange. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast. Our theme song was created by Detroit duo Sex and Violence. Wonderful, excellent. We've wrapped a show.